2: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Challenge Rivals 3 Wrap-Up Podcast for Episode 2. I am Brian Cohn. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Asher. Ali, how are you?
0: Brian, I'm phenomenal. Um, Mostly because uh, you and I have decided to do something a little bit new this season and corral some of our favorite uh, internet friends to be on the podcast. And this week, I am so excited that we are joined by... Uh, as Steven Fishbeck would say, the surprisingly tall Colin Stone. Woo-hoo.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? Doing great. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I don't want to offend any veterans like you guys or Vince. I know I'm a rookie. Uh, I just want to show you that I can earn my stripes. And I really thank you guys for the opportunity to like have me on and prove that I deserve to be here.
0: All right, so we're done now. Um, thank you for dropping all those references. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
1: a plus know, open. That was fantastic. Am I already being targeted early here?
2: We'll put you up against an are the one team, so you'll be fine. OK, sounds good.
0: Um, really quick. We, so we have a lot of listeners who are super excited to hear that we got such a hot get uh, getting Colin on the podcast. So I definitely want to hear your connection to the challenge. And for anyone who's not familiar with you, tell them who you are. But first, uh, David Baltazar asks, where's Dom?
1: Uh, Dom, as usual, is off in England. I haven't actually <laughs> talked to Dom for a couple days, which is somewhat strange. It's pretty rare that we go even that long, although it's, it's more rare that uh, it's normally just me talking at him when we're off air. He doesn't normally respond too much, but uh, I think he's over I don't know pretty- what that's like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he's doing pretty well over in England. We, of course, uh, have our big Survivor podcast uh, coming up to preview the Survivor season finale. What For people who don't know, uh, me and my friend Dom over uh, at our podcast called Fittingly, the Dom and Colin podcast, we cover Survivor, uh, often some big brother, uh, The Genius, which is this fantastic Korean show that I don't want to get into right now because I'll talk <laughs> about it for hours on end. Uh, but guys, I am so stoked uh, to be talking about The Challenge because I love me some The Challenge. Uh, and I've actually been watching. I went and looked this up. Uh, I missed one season. I missed the battle of the seasons. But other than that, I've been watching since Fresh Meat, too. So I haven't, I haven't been watching the whole way, uh, but I've been staying with it as like a casual fan. I don't rewatch the episode, but I watch every week.
2: You didn't miss much of that season. So don't worry. Well, I I'm, was, I'm disappointed
1: that I missed Frank. Isn't Frank supposed to be yeah, pretty entertaining?
2: He, he was pretty. He, that episode, did, that season did have one of the more mm-hmm. epic Frank explosions. So if you could just try search out that on YouTube and then you'll be fine for that season.
1: OK, well, what I actually just found on not on YouTube, but on some other site that I had never seen before, but I watched for the first time and loved uh, was I think it was the original duel. It was Johnny Banana's first ever season. And it was just amazing to watch. Uh, I watched yeah. it like last month or a couple months ago. It was when it, was, it went by John. Yeah, it, it was the first <laughs> one out. And like now it totally clicks on why he's so big on rookies needing to earn their stripes. It's amazing like what he had to go through. Finding his backstory. yeah. Um-
0: all things come full circle because we actually do have a question about that to get to later on. First, I just want to personally thank everyone who participated in my Internet Margarita Party last week. Uh, thank you for entertaining my weirdness. Um, also, Colin, you'll be really excited to hear that Brian and I got two five star reviews last week without you i've never so we'll see been how do this week um so thank you to in the embers and this person who claims to love our podcast but is just trying to fuck with me because their name is so thank you and i think colin, they i cashed out
2: after writing that and creating their username
0: <laughs> i wanted to thank uh colin's most recent the dom and colin podcast most recent five-star reviewer blighy so, look, you can feel happy, too. So thanks, everyone, um, for the love.
1: There you go. I'm really hoping uh, that this time next week you can come in and say that your podcast with me got at least three five-star reviews. I want to at least beat this past week.
0: All right. Ch- the challenge is out there. <laughs> Get out there and make it happen. Otherwise, I'm going
1: to look <laughs> like a huge tool.
0: <laughs> well, well, we'll all do that in our own Jury's way. still
1: out on that either <laughs> way, yeah.
2: So we should start with the, uh, the King of Kings making his entrance.
0: And we're not talking about Bananas this week like we were last week with the big entrance. Is it
2: me? Is that what we're talking about? (laughs) No, it's the pretend king, Mr. Vince.
1: Yeah, this was great. The same way, uh, referring to himself, you know, talking about how rookies like we've been talking about need to earn their stripes. I know, uh, I'm sure I wasn't alone in thinking that coming from Vince, who's been on you know, three quarters of a season is pretty hilarious. But like, I've, I've actually been really curious and wanting to ask you guys about like the origin of that. Has that always been a thing? I guess it couldn't be a thing back when everyone was a rookie. But has that been going on since like the very early seasons?
2: For as long as I've been watching, there's always been that. Uh, I don't know who started it. I would love to know the origin behind like who the first person to start the rookie thing. Yeah, but I've, I, for as long as I've been watching, that's always been happening
1: yeah likewise and it's always just stood out to me as uh, somewhat weird it just seems like wouldn't the veterans want to like you know take the rookies under their wing and use them to work against their rival veterans
0: for this could be recency bias but i have to believe that vince has not seen further back than this when jordan famously like told bananas to earn his stripes and there was so much tension there and so much rivalry there and to throw his own words back at him like that but in this case when we're jumping ahead a little bit but when when Vince tells Brandon he has to earn his stripes, it was just such like a throwaway line. Like, he just totally ruined it. And Caitlin Ash asked, which was worse, Jamie being called a vet? So early on, Colin, in his bio, he was billed as a hunky veteran. Oh, I on heard. His, yeah. <laughs> on his second season. Or Vince telling people to earn your stripes on his second season.
1: The whole I thing. Think
2: was- no, go ahead, Colin
1: well i think jamie as a vet is at least defensible like he has been on a season before he could be argued as a veteran whereas i think it's tough to argue that vince has like earned his stripes in the way that i think he's implying brandon needs to
2: yeah and then even like him following it up with like oh see you got your first uh, challenge on your You feel good yeah you guys did okay you, you did all you did all right you'll get there it's like Vince,
0: you sucked
2: ass last season like why don't you earn your boom. stripes first
0: boom he was born into his stripes. He was born with a silver stripe in his mouth. Right. Um. Question. So we get this section where Wes. This section. This section of my notes or this part of the show where Wes says, "Uh, like he's gonna either send in me or Nate," and then we get a little hint of the bananas West feud that we m- talked about not seeing last week. Um, we had a ton of questions about this. Uh, so first off, Emily Crow says, "Was Wes correct when he said Vince should throw him in?" Brian.
2: No, I'm, I don't think so. I've always been the belief you don't you don't rock the boat early, and like I know bananas and Vince are gonna go after Wes eventually, but with so many disposable people right now, there's no reason to target him right now.
0: Colin, do you agree?
1: I always wonder and I'm going to always have to be deferring to you guys, by the way, on the like, the, the politics of like who's working with whom, uh, like who's on Team Bananas and who's on Team Wes or whatever. Uh, but generally speaking, I probably would be an advocate for why not send Wes in early. I know it's potentially rocking the boat. But I think it's different sending Wes in versus sending in literally Johnny Bananas who has a, a, you know, a blood relative there and plenty of built in allies. Whereas does Wes have people that are like really going to risk their own lives to defend him? Or are they going to just say, I guess Wes is going to the jungle.
0: Because everything's so interwoven this season and we haven't really seen how it's going to play out. I don't know if Brian, you'd agree, but I think we're not sure. No, he doesn't have someone like a blood relative. And Wes is usually like going rogue, and more recently, the leader of like the uh, what is it? The um, the idiots, the king of the, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the misfit um, island. Yeah, exactly. But, um, two things on that one, please feel free to defer to me in all aspects of your life I and sure not just will. the challenge. Um, and my thinking on this is. I thought it was kind of smart of Vince and Jenna to target the are you the one people and not just because I don't think he was thinking this. Like, I think it was just genuinely it was the easy thing to do. And I bet bananas advised against it, uh, advised doing this. This is a very textbook challenge move to just throw in the rookies, quote unquote, or the new show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're somebody who has a built in target on your back, like being a bloodline, I think it's pretty a pretty good move to win the first challenge and set the tone of, all right, we're all going after. Are you the one as opposed to somebody else who might come to power and say, oh, let's go out after the people who have built in family members here.
2: Right. And another thing that I actually found really surprising, this came up at the end where Bananas referred to Johnny as like one of his really good friends in the house. And from what I remember, I didn't think Johnny and John, this is going to be really complicated, but Johnny Riley and Bananas didn't. I don't think we're friends. So I would imagine Vince and Bananas talked, obviously, and Johnny Riley probably didn't want to go up against a tough team. So I have to figure that also came in supply.
0: Well, Jenna did mention that she spoke to Riley, Johnny Riley and Jess, and that's where Brandon and Bree came from. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't point to anything specific, but I feel like I always remember Johnny trying to buddy up to Bananas. Now, I think where it was maybe a gray area is did Bananas reciprocate that? But I think it's kind of slim pickings for Bananas nowadays.
1: I've always associated, at least this season, uh, Riley as part of the Bananas team. And maybe that's just because, like you're saying, Allie, it seems like Johnny Riley just wants to be part of that. And maybe Johnny Bananas uh, isn't reciprocating it. Uh, But at least for me, that's the, the impression that I've gotten so far.
0: We have another question about this Wes moment. So we didn't see a lot of Wes this episode, um, or Bananas for that matter, but Edward Morris wants to know, or he also observes, (laughs) we didn't see much Wes in this episode. What trouble do you think he was up to? Did he stay away because Vinny is Bananas adjacent? And do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that Wes is a background character right now? So what can we read from the Purple Wes edit?
2: Is he going to quit near the finale? Is
1: Is that the edit he's getting? Is it standard? Is it I mean, is it that abnormal for Wes to go one episode just invisible? Is it that out of the realm of normality?
0: I think in general, what they focused on this episode was bizarre to me. I mean, uh, Will Simon, who if anyone's interested in. He's tracking the confessionals this season, and we hit a lot of zeros um, where at least everyone, from what I can remember off the top of my head, everyone in the first episode got some time. This episode, a lot of people got no confessionals. We didn't see Ashley. We didn't see Jamie. We didn't really see Wes or Bananas or Sarah. So I don't really understand. It's not like we had incredible storylines for this hour. Um, So I don't really understand if maybe nothing else better was going on or if they were trying to force the issue with people who are going to go home early and save the big dogs towards the end.
2: The whole start to the season has been kind of weird because basically this was a two and a half hour premiere like that's basically what we had so the whole like the structure of the show with this week last week there was no elimination this week there's no challenge they were finally had deliberation but then we had leroy leaving mid-episode we still haven't had a club scene over this whole time so the whole structure for this season is still kind of like taking shape so i'm not i don't think you can read anything into someone being more visible or not just yet
1: Yeah, I would probably agree with that, just knowing uh, what I think I do about reality TV editing in general. I don't think it's the craziest thing. I don't think it's the, you know, the end of times for Wes that he goes one episode without a confessional or something. Uh, But just I've always been wondering about Wes in general early in these challenges, kind of going back to why I think maybe Vincent Bananas might put him in first overall, uh, like into the first jungle is it seems like Wes is – bananas has to know that wes is never going to willingly let him get to the end right have they ever apart from like being on the same team or whatever i don't know about that uh have they ever like worked together that closely doesn't it seem like they're inevitably going to butt heads so why not just try to get that out of the way early and like what does wes do early in these in these games
2: yeah they definitely have never worked together they're always on opposite ends but the interesting here is the fact that wes is with nani and up until last year nani and bananas were always together and then that kind of got rocky near the end there. So we don't really know how Nani feels about bananas. I kind of wish we had some confessional of her being like, you know, bananas, either bananas screwed me or didn't screw me last season. So now I'm with West. Now we're going to stick it to him or, you know, oh, we, we men fences and we're fine. Cause if, Wes, if Nani is back with bananas, then that could lead West and bananas to working together.
0: The other thing is, usually we see a little bit of a grace period because even though, you know, they may dislike each other, you know, if the the person going into elimination is going to be the person who lost the challenge. And there are usually some easy pickoffs here in the beginning where they're going to lose. I mean, in this case, Jess and Johnny were not a weak team. I think a lot of fear was involved with losing that first challenge. But in general, it's like usually a weaker team is going to go in, in the beginning. And it's like, all right, you could take a shot at bananas or you could take a shot at West right now. You know, they're almost definitely going to come back. And then now you've just stirred the pot soon. So we usually see like a game of chicken going on waiting for the right time uh, or the right competitor to be in the jungle, to be able to take them out.
1: It's probably also important for bananas in particular Like if he is constantly season after season going to be preaching this mantra of rookies need to earn their place and veterans should get essentially a free pass for a little while. I think it's important probably when his bloodline is controlling who's going in and he's probably going to be viewed as responsible for that decision himself to be maintaining that tone himself, right? To be playing by his own rules.
0: Yeah, Brian, are you surprised that we didn't get any conversation between Vince and Bananas?
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of going back to what you discussed last week about, we haven't really had any interaction between the bloodlines that are there this season. Like there's been no Vince Bananas talk. There's been no Nani Nicole talk. And is is there a third, I can't remember. Is there a third one one bloodline on this season? That's I think those are the only two. Yeah, so we haven't seen any of them talking together. So I think they are trying to give them each their own story, even though Nicole literally did not appear this entire episode. (laughs) But at least for Vince, he's at least giving a chance to have his own narrative.
1: Are we on board, though, that he's probably always going to do whatever Johnny wants him to do?
2: I would love to see the day that he tried to turn on bananas because I think bananas would probably have him killed. But for now,
1: he's going to be toeing the line.
0: Is it? Also, is okay. it fair to
1: say though that if he ever does turn on bananas, that's going to be the end of his challenge career? Bananas is going to say that no more Vince on these things, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be bloodlines too, when bananas will have a different cousin. <laughs> right.
0: I also don't. I also don't see how like there will ever be a reason. So like in the Survivor Blood versus Water, like there is a reason for Sierra to vote out her mom, or there it would you could foresee a reason why one blood relative would vote out the other. Here, I don't really see a reason for Vince to ever turn on Bananas. I mean, I
2: easily can't. Fi- Why wouldn't you try to get him out before the finals?
0: I guess, no, that, I guess that's fair. But I just think after everything with Sarah, like, I don't, you're right. I don't think Vince would ever do it. But in the short term, like right now, I don't see there. there's a, I don't see a reason for Vince to do so. And yeah, I guess until it was like the final four.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, Brian, you know, Johnny Bananas better than I do. I'm sure you do too, Allie. But I feel like if Vince you know, is in the, is in the position, To make the decision of like who's coming to the finals with him and he and Johnny Bananas even gets a whiff of the idea that Vince might cut him. I don't think he's going to just take that sitting, you know, idly by I think he's going to be pressuring Vince until the minute TJ makes him make a decision.
0: Right. Right. It's the way he treated Sarah. I mean, if he treated somebody who was barely his friend, like absolute garbage for throwing him in. I mean, I think you could see bananas for the sake of family, for the sake of ego and potentially because Vince is a guy like I said it uh, taking it on the chin. Um, But I just don't see Vince ever actually doing that, pulling that trigger.
1: Yeah, I think it would be unlikely too. But I feel like if Vince even thought about it, bananas would pick up on it and do everything it could to not let it happen.
0: Definitely. Um, can we get into this medevac here that was just like gently dropped in and then quickly they ran away from it? Oh, yeah, it
2: medevac. Medevac.
0: yeah, it was so quick.
2: Who do you think was in more pain, Leroy or Joe? <laughs>
0: Colin, the survivor expert. Uh,
1: I mean, I've never had uh, Joe's issue that he's been faced with in this most recent survivor episode. Tell
0: me more about your prostate. Yeah, yeah,
1: thank you. Uh, I have had like pinched nerves in my back before, not nothing too terribly extreme, but like I'll sleep on it wrong and it'll suck for like the first twelve hours that I'm awake, uh, and that's pretty brutal. But uh, so I'm going to go with Leroy there. Here's the thing about Leroy? Is that that (laughs) controversial?
0: Here's the thing about prostate (laughs) issues. Yeah so did Leroy
2: show up with this? Like we don't, they have some type of physical checkup before they do this show. Like it seemed like he just showed up with like a back horrible pain. And he's like, Oh yeah, actually I can't do this stuff. Like he didn't get hurt in the challenge.
0: Yes. Like your insurance company. I want to know if this was a pre-existing condition because I drafted him first. <laughs> That's right. No no bitterness. No one's upset or anything. But what the hell? He shows up two seconds and all of a sudden I have radiating pain from my butt to my feet and I am no longer medically able to play. I mean, the thing with Joe and Leroy is I actually do think... If you were to pick someone on the challenge and someone on Survivor, the two most likely people who would not complain unless it was like absolutely near death pain, I think it's Joe and Leroy. Like there's nothing that would have pulled Leroy from this game willingly. And if he's seeking medical attention, even from a faceless doctor who they couldn't get to sign the uh, the rights to be on television, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's, what's funny, he's not complaining unless he's in real pain
2: Leroy and Joe actually play pretty similar games when you think about it they're just like the nice nice guy that go along they find their ally and then they don't really do much strategizing so Leroy has, is Joe in like 50 years
1: has Leroy Did, won a challenge yet and I'm sorry to all the hardcore challenge fans out there that
2: already
0: don't know apologize. all these answers Okay. not send all
2: hate to at Colin Stone for not knowing his challenge facts <laughs> yeah no, he Stop
0: is. procrastinating Brian answer the question No he's
1: not one <laughs> <laughs> Who's gone the most challenges without winning one Before
0: Hey um, Colin let me that's introduce You to Wikipedia and uh, <laughs> let's Move on with the show okay sorry I to, I, 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 You
1: guys don't understand so okay The way I got into the challenge which I guess You kind of asked me earlier that I never answered Is my sister is a big fan Of the challenge and I finally got into it just so We had like more stuff to talk about uh, and I Ended up loving it uh, so yeah that's I don't know nearly as much as I should about the challenge is the point though? that's
0: a, first of all, you should know nothing about the challenge and everything else is a bonus. And second of all, that's a beautiful story, Colin. I'm Dutch.
1: Yeah. That's a a great tattoo phrase. Shout out, shout Shout out to her. if She's actually listening, by the way,
0: (laughs) actually listening. Every challenge fan listens to this podcast. That's true. Um, But getting back to Leroy, uh, I still couldn't believe like how creepy it was to watch a doc, a faceless doctor, just operate a syringe and arms. Uh, I'm still not convinced it wasn't an intern holding, like, two fake arms.
2: <laughs> I, th- I thought he was just going for his uh, monthly steroid injection, but that was just me.
0: <laughs> funny you should say that. Uh, I had this for later, but whatever. Um, bananas, for anyone who's not following Bananas, he's pretty funny on Twitter, and he tweeted hashtag Deflategate in a picture of Wes, like, before, in a picture of <laughs> Wes now.
2: <laughs> Wes looks like a 10-year-old boy next to, like, five-year... Younger Wes,
1: can
0: we get a can we get a side by
1: side of Jamie from last season and this season? <laughs> it, it's the reverse of Wes. Yeah,
0: be be careful what you wish for, Colin. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, how many has how many I know? Banana said he's done thirteen, and I'm sorry for all these random trivia. But has Wes done like double digit challenges? I feel like he's been on three quarters of the ones I've seen.
2: You know, they had the stats up for that first episode. They had seasons and titles. Or, or like best finish, but the, I didn't think they kept it up. This I wish they keep doing that. They should have more stats throughout the season. I would love like if they had like Nani hooked up with, and they showed all the people she's hooked up with, or like you know if they had like Frank and Frank, who everyone who is had a fight with. Like that would be great. That would be great insight.
0: All right, nerds. Let's. Um, <laughs> I just I just want to jump. Idea. I just want to jump ahead for a second. I'm gonna get shit on for saying that, but whatever. Um, At least I didn't shit the bed like Tony. So. Um,
2: You can't set up yourself.
0: I set up a lot of things. So I just want to jump ahead quickly to Leroy's full medevac here. I know they break it up into two, two second segments, but Mm -hmm. let's just wrap this up. Um, So TJ comes in like rather heartlessly and is like, you're physically unable to do the competitions. Bye bye. Like, were you guys surprised that TJ didn't give more of a. You know, you're a favorite out here. Really sad to see you go like, you know, what a shame. (laughs) Anything like that. No emotion from TJ.
1: Totally. Yeah. Especially with someone, you know, with Leroy in particular, who's been on seven or eight challenges now. Absolutely. It seems like exactly the type of spot that TJ is made for where he's like, you know, you're such a strong competitor. I'm sure we'll see you back here in the future. Take care. Your body's just not ready right now or whatever. And I'm sure you'll be back here killing it in no time.
2: Yeah, I agree. I it did come off a little more matter of fact. And I was surprised it wasn't like a cliffhanger type thing. Like he said it mid-sentence. It wasn't like, all right, Lee, we, we talked to the doctors, dot, 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 commercial break. And then it comes back. Like he just, just middle of the scene. All right, Leroy, you're gone. See you later. Maybe what happened Maybe-
1: is TJ was like strongly advising them before the season started. Like, no, Leroy's got a back injury. We can't have him. He's just <laughs> going to get pulled. And then he was just like mad. The production went the other way. And he was finally, you know, something along those lines. That's, I think that explains it.
0: Leroy was actually the doctor. That's why he was faceless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gave his professional medical opinion. I mean, all right, so Brandon Spears wants to know, is it wrong to be this sad over my good pal Leroy, considering he gets to go back to bartending at Britney Spears' Vegas shows and will probably be on the next challenge? Or am I totally justified? Because, and this is great, when I copy and paste from Facebook, so if you want to know where to put your questions, it's on Rob Has a Web Podcast Facebook page. Um, it translates any emojis to... written out word so it says because frown emoticon frown emoticon frown emoticon so what's the ruling on Leroy here are we are we upset are we whatever he didn't really have enough time
2: you could be of course be upset Leroy's the best if you're not upset about Leroy leaving then I don't want you watching the show
1: yeah, I'm, totally, to I'm on board with that. I was I was definitely podcast. upset with the team. I'm always upset when, like, the strong teams get pulled super early for reasons like this. Like, I don't really mind it if it's, so, like, Tony leaving last season, like, some kind of guy who's probably not going to win in the long run anyway, just getting pulled and bumping us up an episode, basically. Uh, but it, it, Leroy is someone I always definitely like to see out there.
2: We'll, we'll get to that, like, shunning of Tony, who's, like, the greatest person that ever shows his face in the challenge ever. <laughs> but... For even more so than Leroy I'm so pissed that Avery's gone too I love Avery She's like my favorite girl on this show So losing both of them is awful
0: am Colin, I, what you don't know Is that Brian feels that he has a personal relationship with Avery Because they've like hung out twice
1: It's true, true story <laughs> Oh, that's cool um, <laughs> I, I, I,
2: I'm cert- I'm Thank certainly... you Colin, yes, it is cool See Ali, it is cool
0: it came out more <laughs> or less genuine in my life Than what Colin just said
1: no, I'm, super genuine. I'm buying you. It. Can I ask a question? Uh, Avery, Avery, uh, does this comparison get made all the time to Deb Morgan from Dexter? Doesn't she look like a young Deb Morgan from Dexter? I'm sorry for everyone out there who doesn't yeah. watch Dexter, which is apparently you two.
2: No, I do. watch. Uh, a, go
1: a little bit. I can, I, I, that's all I can see when I look at Avery. She needs to see oh more. Totally.
0: I just Googled it. If you're out of the loop, just Google it. I totally see that, at least in the first picture that comes up on Google.
1: All right. Thank you for that. I feel completely validated.
0: Um, that's that was the only a much more
1: sincere answer than mine was to Brian. <laughs> the
0: The one thing is um, with Avery is I got some shit on last season that Avery was on because I doubted her athletic ability. And so I was actually excited. She was on my draft team. I was excited to like really see her perform with someone like Leroy. And we kind of got robbed of that. So until next time, uh, Avery defenders, um, we'll we'll have to see if I'll get my words because we really didn't get to see anything from her. And so I just feel like every season Avery's on, we haven't really gotten to see her full potential.
1: I actually really, really liked Avery. I, would, I, I may actually go so far as to say that she might be my favorite girl on this season or at least...
0: Join Don't go club. that far Join
1: the club Let's go Let's <laughs> Okay, sorry, okay I, I forgot now Of course already That Brian is BFFs with her uh, But I really really think She she seems super cool uh, And the same way And this may be controversial But I feel like Corey Seems like the coolest guy to me I think he seems super fun
0: we, I can't even jump ahead To my notes on Corey But we, we'll have some funny Talks okay. about that no, Last am sorry question, for going out of order Please um, It's like popcorn in class We used to get called on Anyway No one did that In Jersey Last public morning, schools What? it's when everyone's like reading aloud and you don't know if you're going to be next or not so like if i were reading a section whenever i want i can say popcorn brian and you'll have to pick up
2: that's the worst thing ever
0: well (laughs) good i used to i used to
2: count out the amount of people who were ahead of me in reading and i would like find my paragraph and just read it over and over and over again until it was my turn
0: Did anyone used to have to skim to see if there were any, like, funny words? Like, if they said breast or something? (laughs) That's why I
1: did it. That's why I I wanted to, like, prepare myself. (laughs) I I would always look for words I didn't know. Like, try to scramble (laughs) and figure out, as if 45 seconds from now, I'm going to figure out how to pronounce, like, reconnaissance or something.
0: Now you all have better insight into all of our, like, childhood psyche. So, back to Leroy for a second. It's widely speculated, a.k.a. widely spoiled, a.k.a. widely known. Um... What's going to happen next week? Somebody, two people are going to return to fill in Ford Leroy and Avery. Unless MTV is just flat out lying to us, which they've been known to do. Nick Sabetta wants to know, are we ever going to get definitive rules about people being sent home when their partners get injured or kicked out?
2: No, never.
1: I would All guess right, not on. just the same way like <laughs> on Survivor we're never going to get definitive rules about whether or not idols get rehidden and like what the hard and fast rules are I think it's just production playing it case by case
2: yeah they don't want to lock themselves into a box or anything so why would they define anything
0: um okay yeah, it seems like there's no upside <laughs> for them
1: in defining it why not yeah. give yourself the flexibility
0: yeah
2: some weeks they'll bring someone the back for a finale other weeks you're gone after one week yeah
0: We got a lot of questions about controversial opinions on Johnny Riley. So really quick, before we get into this season's Johnny, where did you guys stand? Um, What were you thinking? What were your feelings about Johnny Riley before this season?
1: Call, I never, ever, get, yeah, go ahead, call. Okay, If you
0: felt anything at all. Right, that's the thing
1: is, I never disliked him and I never loved him, but I was listening uh, to your guys' cast preview, actually, and it was you, Allie, uh, who said I, what I thought was actually, like, really strikingly true, is he comes across as, like, almost disinterested a lot. I think that was the word you used in a lot of his conversations, particularly with, like, the girls that he's fighting with. He seems like he just honestly couldn't care less at all, and, I, we, like, we saw this episode, uh, he goes and, like, pretends to pump up Jess, and then he immediately gives a confessional, like, yeah, I didn't care at all i just wanted her to not totally blow it for us uh so i'm actually because of you Allie lasher much lower on johnny portland than i ever otherwise would have been so i hope you're happy
0: i'm extremely emotional and you lost me at i was listening to your cast preview thank you
1: I'm glad one of I listen, us. Is I, listen doing to, this I listen to you guys somewhat regularly and I've listened to both of your podcasts for this season in their entirety. And by the way, there was thirteen minutes of dead air at the end of one of them, and I, I totally I <laughs> planned out a walk to finish it at the right time, and then it was like it totally left me stranded
2: there was actually like a hidden message like halfway through there so yeah i hope you listen to every second of the of the if you played notes. it
0: backwards actually it was just our draft you, coverage you get the meaning
2: of life if you play that backwards okay
1: i i didn't i didn't stay tuned long enough i just fast forwarded for like a couple minutes and it was still dead air and i was oh, like oh someone dropped the ball
2: you missed it Kyle. <laughs>
0: I'm going to mark this down like minute 25 to 29. It was like my favorite moment in podcast history. Um, Brian, so pre pre this season, feelings towards Johnny Riley? I've always been
2: a big Johnny Riley fan. Uh, I think he, I always thought he's very genuine, very funny and one of the more quote unquote normal people that's been on the show. So I've always been a big Riley fan. I still am. Full
0: disclosure
2: We're also best Avery friends. Avery
0: and Johnny were together when Brian hung out with Avery, so uh make what assumptions you will. Can, Can I ask have,
1: Johnny, how, What does it mean in this context? Did you hook up with Avery?
0: Threesome. It was a
1: threesome Yeah it was a threesome. <laughs>
2: I would be Avery's ex I'm bad on Battle of the Exes story. Yeah. All right,
0: moving swiftly on. You could also be Johnny's ex in that scenario. Um, all right, we had a couple questions because some people are starting to feel a little bit differently about Johnny uh, now. So Liz Irwin says, is anyone else offended by Johnny, not bananas, attitude towards women he doesn't like? Holy, period, shit, period. I used to actually like that guy. And then Keith Keefe who a fantastic name. So kudos to your parents says, has Riley rubbed you guys the wrong way? I know you guys hate Jessica, but he's been very whiny and negative on his real world and challenge appearances. I thought Riley was supposed to be this likable guy. and never saw it.
1: If you look closely at that conversation he has with Jess, where he's trying to pump her up, he's basically like, I just need you to not blow it for the team. And she's like, I'm totally on board to do it for the team. I just need you to not be a dick to me. And he basically says, no can do. So I think it's like, this is fair criticism of Johnny Riley, I would say.
2: It it is probably fair, but I just hate Jess so much. I just, I can't stand her that I'm perfectly fine with someone treating her like crap. I'm sure that makes me horrible, but I am. I I can't stand her. So if he wants to shit on her, I'd go for it.
0: All right, you're totally right about one thing. It absolutely makes you a horrible person. Everything else you said, I totally disagree with, and here's why. Because I actually, you know I'm normally on the same page with you about Jess, and Colin, I look forward to hearing your opinions about Jess in a second. I actually thought Jess had potentially the best episode she's ever had on MTV this episode.
2: Other than fake breaking up with a boyfriend?
0: No, full on. This was the best. It's not I'm not comparing. I'm not saying she's had the best episode of anyone to ever be on MTV. I just thought Jess came off as more likable than she ever has. Um, A couple of things. I think it was great of her to stand up to Johnny when she had that first confrontation with Johnny. Johnny had absolutely nothing to say. Everything she was making valid concrete points. The only thing I didn't like is when she was like, I'm a woman, so I'm emotional AF. Like, okay, whatever. Everything she said after that was to the point, spot on, and Johnny had absolutely no defense except to be like, oh, my God, like, see, this is why I can't talk to you. Like, it was so, she so got him. And then, to her credit for the game, she she took a dip in the pool, came back, and spoke to Johnny basically as he wanted to be spoken to and just said, all right, you know what, forget it. I'm just here to play, let's do it. And so she conceded, but I also liked how she stood her ground. I was really impressed with her. And we'll get to the phone conversation with her boyfriend, but overall I thought she came across as very reasonable and very self-aware.
2: I just find it's I just find everything she says to be so disingenuous and so fake and so calculated to just fit the show like she just wants so to you s- think
0: she's smart
2: no not like well smart <laughs> in like a evil like tv genius way that she just says things in like the show and her commercials that she thinks the producers want to hear so she can get screen time Even how with, is that
0: different than bananas
2: but she, it's it just comes across as just so fake and i'm sure i'm like i sound like a big hypocrite but it just seems so fake because at least with bananas it like creates a bigger story for her it's just like creating her own story
0: i think that's fair but like I think it's fair. I mean, people like who they like. Like, I don't need to sell you on Jess. I, and she's certainly not going to be someone I want to see back based off of this episode. But I think she created pretty much the entire story of this episode.
2: Right, because the story was about her.
1: This I, was her I day, mean, right? I, like this. This was Jess's big day. It's not. It shouldn't be that big of a surprise that this is her best episode ever.
0: Well, what what were your feelings on her this episode? Uh, I, I mean,
1: I thought she certainly had a very strong episode, certainly for her and Jess in general uh i was someone who i like jess enough like I, I i guess i should preface all of this by saying i don't view the player like i love literally everyone on the challenge like even the people that i don't respect which is a lot of them i still for like i feel like the challenge is a show that knows exactly what it is and these characters know exactly what they're doing out there and i think everyone and to use tj's phrase kills it for what they're supposed to be doing out there and i think jess i, I would put in that same camp like For me, I don't watch professional wrestling, but I would imagine it would be similar to, (laughs) like, I love, I I don't mind it, watching Jess, like, cut a promo, or, like, the same way I don't mind it with Johnny Bananas. Like, I'm a huge banana guy. I'm a banana man, I guess. Uh, So, Jess, I feel like just, she knows her role on the show, and while she does seem to, like, love the attention and really play into it and play things up, uh, to me, that's never really bothered me too much. I really like having her on these seasons.
0: That's a very uh, Mitch perspective. Last season, we determined that if you just love what you hate about someone, then you'll love them. Yeah. Look at you. You're so enlightened.
1: Hashtag Mitch watch.
0: <laughs> Boom. Why can't, where's um, Mitch?
1: As much as I love Corey, can't, why, why can't we get <laughs> Mitch back?
0: Because the I don't think the producers or the people in casting listened to our podcast and were able to appreciate Mitch before the end of the season. Yeah, that the producers
1: sound right. listen. I I'm sure they're
0: listening. <laughs> if they listen
2: to our podcast, they would do each episode as like a Where's Waldo and they would just stick Mitch like somewhere in the corner, just photoshopped in and like hope that we could spot him. That's what that's the dream.
0: Which seems to be exactly what they did.
2: <laughs> that's true.
0: All right. One thing I wanna say I pulled this question just for you, Brian, with you in mind, because when I saw this episode, I thought of you immediately. Nick Sabetta says, bringing back the power team dinner good decision or the best decision the challenge has ever made
2: i love the power team dinner. it was always so it was always so awkward i'm always so curious about how they chose the food and i love the fact that jenna once again like in case we like forgot that jenna like doesn't eat anything she won't even eat like a fancy dinner she's like i don't know what any of this is i'm not eating any of it and that's the, the jenna charm is just it just escalates every episode
1: yeah so i lied jenna is my favorite girl on this season yes yeah i i agree yeah, I, I love are liars. I'm sorry liars. Avery, I'm sorry Jenna is far and
2: away number one, she's the best
1: Yeah, and by the way, it reminded me Because I think one of them was at the dinner Maybe not, but uh, going back to Vince And uh, him being all entitled Did you guys pick up on the music that they used During a couple of shots of him About like Heavy Lies, The Crown And like It's Good to Be King There were a couple different times that they used the music as, like uh, To like tell the Vince story Yeah,
2: I was waiting for them to break out Triple H's theme song king yeah, of yeah, yeah Yeah that's a wrestling joke, Allie.
1: I personally I thought the uh the the power dinner whatever it's called. I thought that was great. I thought that was one of the best parts of the episode, honestly, was them just sitting there in silence. Like it's it's hysterical to imagine like what even they would be what they would come up with to talk about if they had like eight hours of nothing else to do but sit in a room and talk to each other. Like would they even talk?
0: Yeah, this was a real uh, meeting of the minds, <laughs> meeting of the brain trust here. My eyes were physically sore after this scene from the amount of Liz Lemon style eye rolls that happened. I mean, Jenna literally looked like, and I don't know if you guys will understand what I mean by this, um, or maybe you do, and then I'm sorry, Jenna looked like the disinterested girl who goes on a date just for the free meal. Like, she was sitting there like, oh, okay, Vince, yeah, like, let's get some people down to our kingdom, sure, like, plays with food, plays with food, like, can't wait to leave, can't wait to leave. Yeah, not ringing any bells, definitely not. (laughs) Um, all right, whatever, good for the people you date. So, um... One Liz Irwin says, is anyone's ego as unjustifiably bloated as Vince's? He wins one comp due to his badass female partner and he thinks he's the cock of the walk.
2: I'll say this, though, for one thing in Vince's defense, like I know there was the the music playing and the Thomas cutaway, but I don't think Vince actually said anything that. Made him seem so cocky like even talking to Jenna Like he seemed pretty respectful he was like all right this is what I think like what do you think oh good at least we're on the same page All right let's do that like he didn't really Come across at least what what he said as Being like a big cocky douchebag
1: I don't watch are you the one uh, Or the real world but I feel like Tony And Devin at least from what little I've seen of them Could give him a run for his money
0: Yeah I mean I kind of agree I actually Didn't think Vince had that Bad of an episode I think It's also like there was nothing else really to show. And a lot of it was done in post. Like, so a lot of it was done by other people's confessions, other people receiving Vince. I mean, when he said, I want to welcome some people down to the king's dinner, I mean, it's in fairness to Vince, he doesn't know how to act when he's won something because he never has. my favorite part of this is when Jenna explains that they're not putting in Nate and Christina, which they wanted us to believe was the ar- obvious target because they're going to hold that layup. Um, Lori Delgado says, "How great is it that Jenna is now calling people layups?"
2: Yeah, time is a flat time is a flat circle. It's great.
1: That is pretty amazing. I mean, I remember. Uh, Jenna's first first season, Allie, uh like ranting to you via Facebook Messenger every week about how stupid <laughs> they are for putting them in, and like how Jenna and Jay should never see an elimination because they should just be carried to the end to lose. Um, the
0: the beginning of bananas hypocrisy. I hope pointing out bananas hypocrisy. Nick Sabetta says, "Is bananas going to now disown Vince for keeping Nate and Christina as one of their layups?"
2: Wait, why would he do that?
0: Because it's garbage to keep a weak team in the end like you can't send bananas home because you you need to have the strong teams in the end like god forbid anyone keeps a weaker team you're afraid then
1: my question is like in what world are they living where they feel like Nate and Christina are going to be there like even halfway through the game is that like a a reasonable (laughs) thing to be thinking it seems like Nate and Christina are not going to be major role players this season (laughs)
2: yeah I don't yeah I don't see the difference in competitive wise between them and Devin and Cheyenne I think they're all the same the other thing I was thinking is the fact that if Devin's hanging out with Wes so much like maybe they've just viewed Devin as more of like a the on the West Island of Misfits so maybe that's why they targeted him
0: well we're jumping ahead to Devin because here like Devin wasn't even in the conversation it was Brandon and Bree, and one of the reasons seemed to be that people were not getting Brandon um a lot of people commented that they like when we talk about like people's Are You The One history because shockingly, not a lot of people watch Are You The One. Um, were you surprised that Bree was the favorite here but suffered because Brandon's lack of social abilities?
2: Not really. I mean, Brandon, I mean, I, it seemed like that's kind of who he was on Are You The One? like. It, then it seemed like he was the most talkative guy early on. Like, didn't they still always say that he just hung out with Christina most of the time? So if he doesn't have a Christina, even though he doesn't literally have Christina, but he doesn't have a Christina to hang out with. Like, I could see him kind of just being out on his own. And I mean, Bree's hot, so I can see why the guys would want to hang out with her.
0: Um. So what I meant specifically is when Jenna says that she really likes Brianna. <laughs> so Brianna's more to offer than her appearance. Brian? Um, No, I I think it's not surprising. I mean, Brianna is like a very likable person, even just on TV. I'm sure in person, she's just as likable. Everyone from her season of Are You the One seemed to like her. Um, And yeah, as you said, it, it would have been very interesting now that we're seeing Brandon on the challenge. And I imagine, depending on what occurs, this is the last time we'll see Brandon on the challenge. What... What will happen? What would have happened if Brandon did not find a love connection? Aren't Are You the One? Like, what would single Brandon have been like? Maybe everyone wouldn't have liked him either. On Are You the One, it seemed I blamed his relationship with Christina for people not liking him, but maybe it was just his personality,
2: right? So, it's a world we'll never know.
1: As a non Are You the One watcher, can I get and for all the people out there like me, can I get a quick scouting report just on that? I know you did your like preview podcast and everything, but I take, I'm gathering Bree was. Popular and like well liked both with the people on the season and with the audience, whereas not so much the case with Brandon I think that's pretty fair, right?
0: I mean, I'm just thinking I don't remember like exactly I remember not liking Brandon in the beginning, but I feel like by the end, I really came around to him, and I don't know if that's a product of the editing. I mean, I'm seeing here later with Devin, and we'll talk about that as we get we move forward. I mean, the editing is you know, magical. The editing can make you like people you hate and hate people you like. Um, Brianna, I think pretty much across the board was very well liked by the cast and the audience, as you were saying. Branton, I feel like I liked. And now on this season, like, I don't really see much coming from him. Um, He definitely wasn't a fan favorite, but he was definitely a major player. And I don't think it was that negative.
1: I feel like. Uh, I they are probably anticipating that not everyone who watches this knows who those two are or the other are the the one people would be. And I feel like the only clip I've seen of Brandon, like the way they chose to set set him up. And I think it was him. So bear with me if it wasn't. Uh, But wasn't it him saying like, oh, I'm just better than everyone at everything. And I'm going to be the best at all of this. Is is there something along those lines that got aired or am I completely making this up? Because I feel like that was the impression we were meant to have about Brandon.
0: No, totally. Brandon and Devin both had kind of similar edits in that way where they're like, I'm better and smarter than everyone in the house. But right. for some reason, I feel like towards the end, like and Brian, please correct me. I feel like we both were pretty high on Brandon at the end. It became like kind of a lov- lovable cockiness as opposed to maybe more like bananasy than like, wow, this kid's a straight up douche. And here he read more as douche. Do people right. I mean, win? I,
1: Are you the one? Quick tangent, you, sorry. You,
2: no, you, you win as a team. You win as like a, a group. A do you win a prize? You win split all you all split a million bucks. Wow. It's twenty of you, so you win fifty thousand
1: each. Okay, sorry, I'll go back to what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I I think I, I was pretty in on Brandon for most of it, but I definitely saw the other side of it how he could easily come across as like a cocky douchebag that people would, would grow to dislike. But I think we both were on the positive side by the time the season ended.
1: I was disappointed last week that you said that you think this is going to be his only time on the challenge because I feel like he, you know, with a few years under his belt, a few more challenges under his belt, could be uh, really entertaining once he becomes, like, one of the alpha dogs.
0: I mean, maybe, Mark, I mean, Brian, do I, you I see a return for I from? don't
2: see it. I mean, we can get okay. through it later, but I, I see Devin as more as the... Uh, possible like give him a couple seasons under his belt i could definitely
1: see that too yeah
0: all right do you guys hear that that's uh jess's boyfriend talking to us on the phone (laughs) (laughs) aka no one's there
2: george glass right
0: (laughs) um uh, akiva winnaker uh uh, I'm willing to say my, one of my favorite voice, R.J.P. voicemail guests ever, including myself, uh, said, was there anyone actually on the phone with Jessica? Hint, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I tweeted out last night. I thought I was yeah, the only one who thought that. And then I saw the flood of questions coming in and all saying it. And I'm so happy with our audience because yeah, there was definitely no one on the other line of that call.
1: OK, because I've always felt like I used to when I was in like high school, watch the real world and the early seasons of The Challenge when it was on. Uh, And I feel like the phone call home has been like a staple on uh, across the board almost. Has it always been fake? Have I just been a patsy this for, you know, for my entire challenge and MTV viewing career?
0: No, the key. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt with a question. You can answer it. The Mm -hmm. key here is raised by Michael Breches, who asked, is this the first time a telephone in the challenge? There's a telephone in the challenge house. It seems odd to me that they put the phone in there and then didn't wire it up so we can hear what Jessica's boyfriend Uh, was saying. That's
2: the key that we like. I think there's been a phone there. I don't know. I can't even remember. But whenever they've had made phone calls. We always at least hear, like, breathing on the other side, or at least one or two <laughs> words coming from the other side. This was just dead silence.
1: So I was making I mean, it up that it was on the challenge before, but it, ha- it is on the real world.
2: I'm not, it's definitely on the real world. I'm not, I I honestly don't even remember the last time I saw someone make a phone call on the challenge, so there may not be. Like, maybe it's only, like, for extreme emergencies or something, but whenever they have made a phone call, there's we've always heard someone on the other end.
0: Okay. Here's another reason why I thought just really... Sh- the first... Jess segment I was like okay like I'm not I don't hate Jess right now here's where I thought I was like okay Jess like go ahead Jess I wouldn't mind seeing you another episode on this season that's as far as I'm willing to go um so she starts saying she doesn't miss her boyfriend at all all the other girls are talking about how they miss their boyfriends and she's in a terrible relationship and I was like okay here goes Kara all over again right like she's trapped and you could only come on the show to figure that out then Tony is giving her the business and doing horrible game on her. And she says, he says, you're not even giving me a chance. And just says, Boom. A chance to what? A chance to have sex with me? And she's like, "Eh, no, thank you. Like, I thought, wow, like there's a strong woman who's in a vulnerable position who has a history of kind of being insecure. And it's just like, no, Tony, like I'm attracted to you, but no, thanks. No, thanks. Then she gets on the phone with her boyfriend or his voicemail or dead air, whatever. And she doesn't do the, like, it's not you, it's me thing that is tempting to do. She gives him the business, and she tells him exactly what the problems were in the relationship. And that takes a lot of courage. That's not easy to do. Um, so... Look, I, I was impressed by this.
2: So I, could, I literally cannot disagree with you more about anything on this because this is exactly what I'm talking about with Jess being as calculated as she is. She came onto this show with a storyline of having a bad boyfriend that she's like smothered by, she needs to break up with, and she was hoping to find her knight in shining armor of Tony or whoever. She found her Tony. She's like, oh, good. Now I can play this card of having a bad boyfriend. So now I can like kind of play off the to Tony. Oh, no, I can't be with you. I have a boyfriend. I can't be with you. So I'll just play cool. Then I'll go break up with the boyfriend and then I'll get with you. So that way it'll be like, three episodes of story that's that's Jess
0: right you totally that's fair and like everyone's interpretation of what they're seeing here is fair but you put that in here right like she was not talking about that in her preseason stuff we didn't see that in her video we didn't see that in her bio like that came out as a direct result of what she said she was seeing there. So that, that's fine. You can put all the extra background on it, but it wasn't like all we heard from Jess was about her boyfriend.
1: Do we think that Jess said to production, like I will hook up with Tony if you can get me a phone so I can fake call my boyfriend and you can include a scene of me breaking up with him beforehand.
0: I did think about that. Definitely. That it was like, I'll be on camera. I'll break up with my boyfriend and that's fine. But I look, A lot of people have been on the show and have cheated on their boyfriends, and that's gotten just as much of a storyline. I think the way she handled herself both with Tony and with her boyfriend was more impressive than I've done in the past and have seen people do in the past. I've cheated on people. Exactly, because she's had
2: like four months to prep what she was going to say in every conversation.
0: And we've had this conversation about people you do like. We've had this conversation about bananas. You know, it's it's fine. Like everyone's personal. I was more impressed because I don't like Jess, and she really won me over here for this instance. uh, With this, let's let's move on to Tony here. Eric J. Williams says, "Is Tony the biggest walking penis in challenge history? If he had a girlfriend and she went to the bathroom in a bar, would he find a way to cheat on her before she got back?" Probably. uh, Can I get
1: some clarity quickly on one thing? I was slightly confused by. Which is, I thought I heard in your, either your preview or last week, Tony got the girl Madison pregnant. Yes. (laughs) Yep. He got another girl pregnant. Yep. But they're no longer together. And now he's on the challenge trying to get Jess pregnant.
0: No, So in the interim, so here's where we stand today.
1: (laughs) Tony pregnancy update.
0: Madison and Tony were together and Madison was pregnant. Okay. Tony apparently did not know Madison was pregnant but was with Madison while he was on the last season of the challenge. And that's when Christina
1: became my favorite girl of that season. Right.
0: Okay. So yes. Um, Then Tony comes home. He impregnates, Well, it's unclear, I guess, if she was pregnant while he was on this season, but they were... I I think think
2: this was filmed back in, like, the winter-ish.
0: Someone said November. So I believe he was single while he was on this season, Mm -hmm. but when he returned home, all I can say is he is currently with the future mother of his second child. They are together. Unclear of the timeline of that, when she was pregnant and when they were together, not together. I don't believe he had a girlfriend on this season, and... He but he did have full knowledge of Madison's pregnancy and child.
1: Okay. So Tony is not short for Antonio Cromarty.
0: He
2: might be. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: The one thing about Tony here is I could totally see, like, let's say he goes home and his second baby mama is, like, mad about him pursuing Jess. I could totally see just in this episode, because I'm sure they're going to hook up later, but I could see him being like, I didn't even get with her. Like, I didn't even, as though, like, his rejection was some sort of triumph for him. (laughs)
1: Look at all that self-restraint I demonstrated.
0: Then he pulls a naked man. Yeah. Funny how I met your mother. Fans. Yeah, sure.
2: Works works two out of three times. Yeah, that's and right. here was
0: the one time that it did not work.
1: <laughs> that was how, a lot worse. What are, what are the? What are the? I know they've had uh, some kind of legal issues along these lines in the past, but like, where are the legal lines with like sexual harassment on the challenge?
2: <laughs> could get you kicked off, kicked off the show forever.
1: Yeah, I, I that's know. Saying. I know, that, that, I know that's happened before. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, then we get one of I I'm going to put it right now on the tentative list of one of my favorite moments in challenge history. (laughs) One of my top 300 moments. Judah Ray Omario says, what was more amusing? What was a more amusing segment? Jessica feeling shitty because of her relationship at home or Tony feeling shitty?
2: them being dubbed over each other and happening like them each telling that story was what made that scene perfect like if each one of those scenes was happening individually they would have been good but like not great but the fact they kept cutting back and forth to like just supposedly having this heartfelt breakup and then tony not remembering if he shit himself like that's the that's the child's in a nutshell
1: Right. I, yeah. It was perfect the way that they edited it together. Where like they have this big conversation on the patio or whatever. And then to see the fallout, the, the disparity between the fallouts where she's freaking out and calling her boyfriend intercut with he doesn't remember if he shit himself while he was naked in her bed the previous night. Uh, really, really strong stuff. This for me is what the challenge is all about. Yeah.
0: Totally agree. Um, And and one thing that was of interest to me here is because then we're going to go into the deliberation where we already talked about Leroy's exit. And it's like we spent more time focusing on or establishing Jess's freedom than Leroy leaving the game (laughs) (laughs) at this stage. Like we know more about Jess and her boyfriend and Tony's gastrointestinal distress than we do about Leroy's exit.
2: It's been a weird start to the season.
0: Um, really quick because something else that's weird is we've seen a lot this episode and even last episode of Thomas's confessionals like when Leroy leaves we go to Thomas for the reaction early on we get another confessional about Thomas like about Vince and it's like I I just it stuck out to me like why are we seeing so much from Thomas and it also stuck out to Emily Crow who said does Thomas feel like he needs to play the role of antagonist this season if he has any chance of coming back such as when he said he wasn't sad that Leroy had to go why are we cutting to Thomas for all of the like villain edit comments oh I
1: I was really hoping you were going to be a Thomas truther and say he was getting the winner edit
0: I'm not saying he's not I'm asking you why he's getting the edits.
1: Well, Thomas, said, I don't know. Thomas, to me, stood out as not anyone that was like particularly interesting positively or negatively. I was surprised that he kept getting asked back.
2: I think maybe he just feels pretty confident that he survived the wrath of Abram He's he's like, still alive. He's like, oh, if I could survive that, I could survive anything.
0: But I think to to Colin's point about being a Thomas truther, it's like There's got to be a reason. I feel like it is very much like Michelle in the season of Survivor. There has to be a reason we're cutting to Thomas for the response of Leroy's exit. Like We're cutting to Thomas at, at these major moments. And it's like, why are we giving him, why is he the narrator of this story?
1: Well, isn't there, I don't know, maybe it's to come in to replace Leroy and that team or someone else or whatever, but we do know that there's another guy coming in. Maybe Thomas does get like medevaced and that's who leaves.
0: Whoa. Cool. We got I, I don't I don't know that there's anything to sustain to, to that, but I enjoy the uh the wild uh pulls. See,
1: I don't know enough <laughs> about the challenge to know why that's such a crazy speculation, <laughs> but
0: okay. Well that somebody has already been medevaced and yet he will not be replaced, but Thomas out of nowhere will be oh, medevaced okay. and replaced. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh okay.
1: I well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it's like I could see it because didn't Abram and his brother come in like way into the season where maybe they'll let Leroy and Avery leave early because, you know, we've got some time to kill. There's still a ton of couples left, but maybe they get deep into the season and then they don't have any more time to kill or whatever. And they need to bring someone in. I don't know.
0: No, that did happen. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah.
1: I just, I just think reading into too much of MTV's
2: edit is, is a, is a fool's errand. Like I know they usually have like the overall winners at it, but I think. Like from episode to episode, even within an episode, like they're not the greatest storytellers amongst like besides like the winner. So I think they just randomly pick or just whoever has the best soundbite for certain moments, honestly.
0: That's fair. I mean, we don't see Simone at all pretty much this episode. And yet we see her partner a thousand times. So right. go figure. Can I ask
1: one question just about someone else that we haven't seen much and thus I'm not sure when she's going to come up? Where's Nani this episode?
0: Nani was not going to come up in all this episode in my notes. I like
1: Nani. Mm. I feel like she's someone that I. She's another one of the people like Bananas, like West. Like I would be happy having Nani on basically every season.
2: Both both the Gonzaleses were uh, completely MIA.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brian and I both, as of last season, felt like Nani could use a break. We'll see what happens. I mean, she keeps oscillating. I feel like we we used to get crazy Nani. Then we got like Nani who's going to be overly self conscious about like being accused of being a slut. Then we have Nani's all about the game. Like, I feel like I don't know who Nani is right now. And right now, from the fact that we haven't seen anything, I'm not too optimistic. But overall, I think it's fine. I'm I'm not upset that Nani's there. I like, as Brian was saying earlier, I like the connection forced between Wes and Nani because that is a direct line to Bananas between Wes and Bananas, so... I mean, overall, no complaints, but I'm not expecting too much.
1: Yeah, I, just for me at least, Wes and Nani was the pair I was most excited to see what was going to happen with this season. So it's it's always disappointing to go without her.
0: All right, should we get to the twist? Super twist. Colin, are you ready? I'm psyched. I can't wait. And actually, <laughs> Wes and Nani tie
1: into that for me uh, in, in somewhat of a way. But you, I'll let you set it up. You're the host here. I don't want to do anything.
0: Brian? Let's do it. Please. I
2: said, I said super twist. Oh, you want to explain the super twist?
0: I'm just teeing it off, team. I'm throwing you a softball, man. Swing.
2: <laughs> instead of instead of nominating one, team, you nominate
1: two.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that was <explained>. exhausting.
0: <laughs> well, um, okay, I'll, I'll
1: get into why I feel like this ties into Wes and Nani. Is, I, I seems, figured you had a question to follow it up. What's that? No, right?
0: not, my question was let's talk about the twist.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like. It's kinda, it's almost the, the winning couple is now like, to put it in big brother terms, like HOH, where they're, they're going to definitely have to nominate at least one team that is always going to come back no matter what and be mad at them it feels like this season probably more so than ever if there ever was a time to not want to win the challenges this might be it and in particular with Wes and Nani I feel like if their status is kind of up in the air I feel like maybe one of the worst things they could do is cement like their allegiances by winning a challenge and nominating people I feel like playing in the middle could be like right where they want to be.
0: We do have a million questions about the effect it will have on, you know, motivating people to win or not win. Really quick before we get to that, I think just this instance where this will be the one time where they didn't know. They were told they'll send in one team to elimination. They deliberated, yada, yada, yada. They were sending in um, Brandon and Brianna. And all of a sudden, oh, send in another team. I think Cheyenne and Devin got totally hosed here. Not that I thought that they weren't going to be up for elimination in the future, the near future. I just think it's like to have one team suffer the fate of having no opportunity to strategize or be a part of the real deliberation and just off the top of their head, they have to think of another team. I don't know. I thought that was like pretty, pretty lame.
1: Did you also think that Vince and Jenna got screwed?
0: Yeah, and it, but I didn't think of that. But yeah, by the same token, yes, they got screwed because they didn't really get to think of the consequences. It's an advantage that it's early on and they can just say, oh, are you the one? And it's no real skin off their back. But yeah, I mean, it's not great.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree both ways that everyone gets screwed. But this, I feel like this is like the, what the challenge does. They just, they're just they always very secretive about their rules and someone always gets screwed And. It's like you kind of just had to adapt. Like, yeah, it sucks, and it really sucks for Devin and Cheyenne. But, I mean, that's kind of just kind of what the challenge usually does. Is usually something that pops up that you can't really ever plan for, and you just have to move on and deal with it.
1: Right. The same kind of way. Like I'm sure when uh, I think it was actually Johnny Bananas and Nani won like the Redemption Island thing on whatever season right. that was like to me, I, I get why, especially on a show where they're bringing back a lot of the same people year after year. MTV wants to keep it fresh, even though we're doing the th- third iteration of rivals like they want to have you know, like, the element of surprise, I think, is a huge factor for them still. And so, like, while I agree I that the, the pair, uh, Devin and Cheyenne got totally screwed. And I also think Vince and Jenna got kind of screwed uh, for being the first people put in that position. I, I completely understand why the producers would, would do it that way. I don't fault them at all for it.
2: And did, yeah, didn't they like spring on them last season that there was gonna have a guy's day, a guy's day, and a girl's day, like without any notice? So I mean, they usually just do this stuff. They're like, all right, well, they like try to keep the status quo as long as possible, and then they absolutely have to. They'll tell you the rules.
1: Didn't they yeah, not I mean, tell them that until after the challenge, right? That it was a girl's day or a guy's day or whatever. Yeah, yeah they were. St- I don't think for the whole season they weren't very clear about. it.
0: It's not, it's not surprising to me that this happened. It was just like, ugh, okay, like another lie from MTV, whatever. Um, really quick before we get to like the jungle and all of that entails, um, we get two scenes here one between Nate and Brianna and one between Corey and Cheyenne. And I wanted to hear from you guys. I was totally thrown off because I felt like they really set up a storyline, like a to be continued for Cheyenne with like, oh, Corey's totally into her, but he seems like a nice guy that she should stay away from. And they gave closure to Brianna where her and Nate have this like, um, sweaty emotional cry, and Brianna immediately apologizes. so I thought, okay, Brianna just had a storyline that they cl- they gave closure to. she's going home, and so they took me by surprise
2: yeah i I, I actually I didn't really even think about that, but that's a, that's a really good point. yeah, I just thought the Cheyenne Corey stuff was basically just to give her something for this episode, but it is kind of makes sense, like why would they even show it? And I mean, the Nate stuff I found almost like nauseating to watch, so.
1: Yeah, I picked up on that as well. But I actually I I didn't think the Nate thing was necessarily closed for good. Um, So I thought that all I I thought it was really just like building up suspense, like one of these relationships may get cut short and unresolved and the rest are going to still be, you know, whoever survives uh, is, is, you know, that's still going to be going on in these upcoming episodes.
0: Uh, Colin, I'm curious to hear what you think. So, Tyler... Armijo and Jutta Ray Amario both asked questions basically like who the hell is Nate and what the hell is going on like I don't watch Are You The One so for someone who doesn't watch Are You The One what was your reaction to Nate here
1: I think Nate actually stood out to me and maybe it's just because of all the tattoos that he stands out but he seems like an interesting guy like in, in his scene where he does start breaking down and getting all sweaty and crying or whatever like it does seem like in a landscape full of people probably more in, like, the Dario mold. Uh, Nate, I feel like, has more room for, like, to to have, like, show some, like, emotional development over the course of a season or whatever than most of the guys typically do, I would say. Um, I was I, – I, first of all, I'm not sure – why they felt the need to jump people out of the airplane to start the season. But I actually love it. And I felt horrible, though, for Nate because of that, because I've always felt like the there's too much height emphasis on the challenge. I feel like the fact that people <laughs> are afraid of heights has nothing to do with their physical ability. Otherwise, like it seems to me like it completely just, either you're born afraid of heights or you're not. Uh, long story short, I actually feel like Nate is really, really interesting. Uh, and I also really, really like Christina from last season, even though she was only on like one or two episodes. Uh, so I'm actually really hoping those two go for quite a while. Is We're that a surprise think? Should I not like him? What should I what should I think? You guys would tell it surprise
2: you <laughs> that Nate 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 had the exact same type of breakdown except like the tenth degree and are you the one?
1: He had the exact so same I, type of what was it?
2: Break breakdown. Oh, crying, really? balling, yeah. I don't think there's much growth for him.
1: Okay. Uh, well that's too, that's too bad. So is he just kind of there to be a, a basket case until he gets booted?
0: I think Nate was there to bring Christina back. Um, But not that Christina was some star, but I mean, in just like one or the one episode she was on, like she causes like one of the most like one of the biggest scandals in uh, in MTV history by cheating on someone whose girlfriend was pregnant, um, knowingly or unknowingly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some speculation that Nate comes out of this with a relationship with Nicole of some sort. So I think there is I don't know about growth, but I I feel like there is potential for Nate to continue these kinds of dramatic antics. Um and so for that he delivers.
1: Yeah, I guess it's it's more just he he does stand out to me apart from the rest of these kind of like I guess jock types for the most part.
0: Yeah, you're not going to see the you know you know you're not going to see Johnny Riley having this kind of sweaty breakdown. Exactly, exactly. Um, as far as how the, the jungle actually works, which I love that Corey is still calling the pit, um, because he's only, he's been on one show and that's it. It's the but, pit but, for life.
2: But he's a veteran. So <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so many questions. So Brian, do you want to set up the skull thing? Cause I never write down the details of the challenges or anything like that.
2: <laughs> sure. So the two teams that are voted into deliberation line up and in a bag, there are four skulls, three white, one black. And they, each team picks one, switching off team by team. And if you pull the black skull, you go into elimination.
0: Um, so we have a ton of reactions to this of just, like, how this will affect things. So bear with me because these questions are kind of uh, patchy. So Andrew Kirk says, "Who first of all, let's just start out with this because this was my first reaction. So the, the skulls were, like, in a canister. I immediately was like, this isn't the draw. I want it to be the draw. This is not exciting as a card flip. Um and Andrew Kirk said, who is, if anyone, would be most likely to pull all four skulls, a la Jordan, on free agents? That was
1: awesome. That's like one of my favorite challenge moments. That's like that honestly, Jordan flipping all the cards, like revitalized my enthusiasm for the challenge.
0: And uh, what could they do now? Do they pull all the skulls? Do they pick up the canister and dump, it? dump like,
2: it? Yeah, dump it. That's what I was thinking.
1: Just dump it on the ground.
0: Um. And who do you speculate could do that?
1: Uh, good question uh, I don't think that's first of all anything Johnny bananas or Wes would ever do. I think if they can get yeah. out of the the pit then they will
2: yeah, a hundred percent they would be last on the list for me for who would do it. They, they would need to like try to like rile like someone like devin, I feel like would be someone you could like almost trick him to do it. like rile him up and get him to do it like you need someone who's like cocky and arrogant, but someone who's like new to this that you can possibly manipulate to do it because I feel like Jordan was kind of like like they definitely didn't stop him from doing it. They kind of like egged him on to do it. So you need someone like that.
0: I think your prime candidates for it are a Tony, a Brandon or Dario.
2: Yeah. Dario. 100%. There. I was looking at Dario
1: too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's somebody who's going to d- hate the powers that be so much that they're going to want to do it to go in against a Western, a bananas. Like that's the thing, there's no one as much as, these big guys hate people, whatever, for the show. There's no one they hate more than they would hate to lose the money. And so it's like, I feel like Dario or even Brandon or Tony could get convinced that they hate someone enough to want to take them out. It's like a, it's a real rookie move.
1: Well, not only is it a rookie move, it's an, I'm establishing myself as a big challenged character move. And I want to keep getting asked back move. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dario is the perfect guy for it. I feel like, yeah, when you're a rookie, I feel, you're, you know, in your first couple of seasons, like, it, see, it does seem like becoming the next Wes and Johnny Bananas and Sarah is, like, the, the long-term highest winning money play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like doing stuff like that is the best way to secure your, your place getting invited over and over again. Right. What'd so you,
0: we, oh, go ahead.
1: I
2: was just, what did you think of no cutout to like Johnny Riley being like happy the draw is back? Because there was a whole like during his yeah. season of free agents, like he was the king of the draw. He was like so happy the draw. The whole they made a thing on the reunion about it. The I Irish. really thought we were gonna get like a little cutaway to him, be like, oh nice, the draw is back. This is the best.
0: See, I think they're really Yeah. I think they're really trying to differentiate this from the draw. I think that's why like it's not the cards. It's not the same setup where, you know, a certain percent of losers from the challenge automatically go in and then one team's voted in. You know, it's not like everybody's up for it. It's like it's way less than that. So I feel like they're trying to, for some reason, differentiate it from that. Like the, the challenge like repeats themes, repeats formats, repeats names of things. And I don't think they're going to call it the draw or allude to it being the draw if they're not going mm. to go full stop with it. Bad
1: call, in my opinion. I feel like the draw was awesome with the cards, the wood on wood, like slaps down like yeah. a uh, when, well, you, when you're like doing a take on like a film set versus like pull out a skull and hold it up like your Hamlet or whatever. Like it doesn't have the same... Uh, visual appeal, or aesthetic appeal, or sound appeal—it just seems like go back to the draw. I love the draw. Yeah,
2: I agree. I, the draw was one of the best things they've added in the show in a long, long time.
0: I totally agree, but they're not able to do that in a paired format. And for some reason, they're committed to this paired format.
1: Why aren't they? I'd love the to see another. Format? This is essentially well, how, the draw. how does it
0: work? Well, no, it's way less people, right? Because you're in teams, so it would basically be. All right, so you want them to go up to a stack of four cards, yeah. and as well, just, just have save. less,
2: just have less cards. Just only have like three people in the draw every time.
0: Right. I mean, I just think it worked so well because it was a free agent season. Because it was all right. I'm gonna these amount of losers can go in. When you're in a team, you already double those amount of people, and it just I don't know. I just don't well, feel like the optics are as good. I mean, I it, agree. It the double, draw was great.
2: It was double the amount of people, but it was never like. Guys going against girls, so it was it was still thirteen and thirteen. Right, at the but start. then you'd
0: only have one draw. You don't have the two draws. Yeah, Did I you- guess
2: so.
1: I th- what I was thinking is just instead of pulling skulls, you still just have the the four people doing it, but you're doing it on that big draw board rather than pulling skulls. Like I just literally meant the mechanism that they use to determine which of the two teams goes in is what I would like to see changed.
0: Yeah, I mean, all right. So speaking of changes, um, Spencer Park says. If they wanted to do this skull draw, wouldn't you rather have had the third team in the jungle be selected by vote rather than the power couple getting to pick two teams uh, Then have all three teams draw skulls instead? So basically right off the bat, what can we do to make this better?
2: So what was his suggestion
0: so the so he said, and both suggestions I really agree with one is why are the power couples naming both teams? Maybe let's one team get thrown in by the power couple, one team by losing the challenge, and one team by group vote, and then on top of that, let's have all three pick picks goals. so that's the biggest difference between the draw is the losing person is automatically in or. Well- now I'm forgetting the draw. Yeah.
2: Well, th- that's the biggest thing that I agree with is that that was the thing that the draw screwed up. Why that they needed to fix because that was why we had LeRoy like purposely sucking every time cuz he would finish in the back but he was just going right, to the draw right. so it'd be fine. So I the 100% the losing team should automatically be into the elimination.
0: Maybe that's what I don't like about this that there just wasn't enough like to knock one team out wasn't as exciting as okay, who's going in? right like there was more anxiety inducing when you went to the draw and you didn't know who the elimination was going to be in this case it was like all right it's going to be johnny and jess and then which of these two numbskulls are going to go out
2: yeah this this format for it is it's not even for the excitement of the the actual picking it's more so for the backlash of having to pick two teams and then at least one and maybe two teams coming back that are pissed at you like that's the purpose of this so
0: alex Alex Panamaran says on that note, with challenge winners now guaranteed to have at least one team come back mad at them and possibly two teams, is it better for teams not to win challenges and not come in last?
1: Definitely in certain spots. That is the initial answer. There are definitely going to be times this season uh, where people I think are going to be smart to not win challenges. If like everyone else, are certainly in situations where, say, to use an extreme example, say Vince now. Uh, who say Vince and Jenna get to pick the order next week, and they put themselves last, and going into their run, Johnny Bananas is in first place. There is no way they're ever going to get put in in that situation. They should never win it themselves.
0: Um, Will Simon says, doesn't this twist make it harder for strong teams to be eliminated? Not only do they have to be voted in, but even if they are voted in, they have a 50% chance of not even having to fight in the elimination.
2: Right. Yeah. I, you you have to just like fire like two bullets. Basically, you have to just pick the two best teams and just and just roll the dice. I guess I, that's yeah. I mean, it's going yeah, to make it difficult, but you, you still have to like you are going to have to take your shots.
0: Andrew Styles had an interesting response to in one of the comments. So this isn't a question; it's just a response. I think it will prevent people from just tossing in the weakest team, thinking they won't come back, because if you are having someone come back and getting that target regardless, so it's like. You know, you can't just throw in the layup and know that they won't come back because you have to pick two people and one of them is gonna come back. So it almost by that token it incentivizes throwing in the strongest team. Well, if someone's gonna have a target on their back, if I'm gonna have a target on my back anyway, let me take a shot.
1: Well, the other I would say it almost right. potentially though, for the weeks down the line, if you put in two really strong teams, at least one of them will come back and then they're gonna be front runners to eventually win a challenge themselves. And then how likely is it that you're gonna stay safe after when they get to make two nominations?
2: But at least now, like, you could still be voted in, but, like, like, you, like, you get voted in, but you're not really in yet. So, like, you can be more freeing. It's like, all right, I'm voted in, but I'm only 50-50 voted in. So Yeah.
1: One thing I always liked, and I don't remember which season – actually, I think it was it was the duel, uh, the original duel, at least and then presumably the other ones, where I always really like it, and this is the way it works on The Genius, uh, where the winners of the whatever the main game of, you know, the main challenge of the week is are safe. The losers are automatically in the death match or, the, you know, the elimination – Uh, And then the losers get to pick their opponents out of everyone else who did not win the challenge. Like, I think that is the most interesting social and political dynamic is when the challenge losers get to pick the people they play against in the elimination. So I I would be for a scenario where the winning team picks one of the teams that goes into the jungle and the losing team picks another one of the teams or a house vote picks another one of the teams. I'm definitely on board with whoever's suggestion it was to mix it up and have more than just one team essentially be head of household. Yeah. I
2: agree. I do agree that they. Sh- it almost would be interesting if there was a second person making a pick. Yeah, like if they had like the winner pick and then like everyone else in the house vote for a second one. Well, yeah, they could have done it where the there was more power. Like power was dispersed to more places.
0: Um, so Mike Bloom, who will also be joining us on a recap podcast this season to be announced, um, asks, so or says, I don't know. Um, so we're combining the three nominee twist of Big Brother with the purple slash white rock twist from Survivor. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys talked about this before, but are there any formats from reality shows that you want to see the challenge adopt? Or adapt, he wrote. Sorry.
2: Either one's fine. <laughs> They should have family visits. It's called Bloodlines. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I mean, I wanted them to do a second chance type thing for, for uh, the challenge where people vote for the cast, but I don't think that's ever going to happen.
1: Yeah, it seems like they probably are pretty dependent on, like, their regulars, right? Like, there's a reason they keep having bananas back, for instance, is because he keeps drawing people in.
2: Immunity, I know, mean, sh- on the challenge would be pretty wild.
0: I think one of the, the biggest things that I want in so... Um, Tim Heberlin on Twitter. I don't know his name up. I think that's if I mispronounce your last name, I'm sorry. You know, I know who you are. Um, So he told me to watch Redneck Island. I've been talking about it this. And I think last season I talked about the format, but I really do think this would work. Basically, just a redneck edition of the challenge to the point where last season they called the elimination the pit. Um, It was very entertaining. And um, I watched last season. And the thing they do at the end is, so it's guy-girl teams, and so say Brian and I are a team. If we get put into elimination, Brian will face off against the – the other team's guy and I will face off against the girl totally individually, whoever wins, regardless of team, they come back and they form a team. So if Brian goes home and I move on, I get the person who beat him as my partner. And to me, it like the way they did a rookies versus vet season. And it made for very interesting pairs because a lot of the vets stayed on and became vet partners. And I think that would prevent a lot of people who get taken out by their partner. Um, It was like a lot of stuff like that happening and you end up with a really strong cast towards the end for the final. So I think that should absolutely happen. I think that would be a really interesting twist. That sounds
1: really cool. I actually like something you mentioned, Brian, like some idea, like a hidden immunity idol or like a maybe a power of veto with like a separate competition is probably too much. But like a hidden immunity idol or something along those lines would be awesome. Like some way that someone can get put on the block and then be able to just take themselves off without having Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, win a competition.
2: It's definitely not the medallion of power. (laughs)
0: Um so Derek Boucher says, or oh God, you've told me how to pronounce your name too, and I think I just bouchered it and butchered it. Um, okay. Would there be any chocolate or other candy that would be better than your first kiss, first love, hypothetical first elimination win?
1: That was hysterical, right? <laughs> that was so she's like, oh my god, I better than the first time I fell in love, better than my first kiss. And I had a Kit Kat last week that was just dynamite. <laughs> and <that> was like, <laughs> It was such a <laughs> random to list that last, by the way, too, not just to even include it,
0: <laughs> yeah, so how did you guys feel about um the way this uh final played out or this elimination played out?
2: I like this I like this elimination a lot like if I you know we have, I don't think we've had a season where they've repeated eliminations in a, lot of a while. I don't know i block I feel like I blocked them out so quickly, but I mean, this was one that I would be fine bringing them them bringing back later on.
1: Well, let's stay with the idea of you guys being a team here. Now, I have met both of you in person at the live know-it-alls. Uh, Brian, I'm going to estimate that you are six foot eight, uh, and <laughs> Allie, you are substantially shorter. I feel like this. How would they even construct walls if you guys were a team? Don't you guys both need to be relatively the same size for this to work?
0: That was a gross just, would... overestimation of Brian's height. I know.
1: Uh,
2: fair, fair assessment
1: of
0: Allie, though. <laughs> I'm I am of substantial size for my gender. And religion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It must be in a way. It's it's really tougher for the guys. It seemed like a very narrow pass. Like it didn't seem like either the either of the girls were really stretching to try to reach the wall. I think both. It was definitely suited for a shorter group. That's what I was going to say.
1: Is it seems like you want to be the shorter guy there in that scenario where the longer legs are going to be at a much more extreme angle as you're trying to push someone up.
0: But they have more power. I don't know how physics works. (laughs) I feel like long legs have more power.
2: (laughs) You need like short and sturdy legs.
0: (laughs) I mean, Johnny Riley, then in that case, is like a very, very well made for this challenge. I actually was really impressed by Devin here. And I mean, ultimately, Devin and Cheyenne, um, flame out horribly due to Cheyenne, but, um, not, not that horribly. But I was actually shocked because, so we got, we had a lot of Devin sympathizers to whom Haley responded or to, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Haley strong responded. Please watch. Are you the one? Basically, if you're a Devin sympathizer and to give some background on Devin, Devin left, are you the one as like the main villain of his season? And I wasn't, I forget where I fell on Devin. There were times where I was not – I did not want to see him back. But I think we – there were a lot of West comparisons to him on his season, and you can appreciate his strategic mind, at least on Are You the One. So with that in mind – Alex Kidwell says, I don't watch Are You The One, but I was very intrigued by Devin despite his short stint. Strikes me as a guy who half understands his strategy, which is like finding the holy grail in terms of challenge competitors. Desire to see him back? I don't
1: I mean, watch Are You yeah. The One either. Uh, I had never heard of Devin other than your guys' preview podcast. I found Devin, I would, I would honestly say creepy would be the word that I would use for the most part, but I also would love to see Devin back.
2: Yeah, I think I think he would do much better with the second time around. I mean, like you said, I think he just got screwed this time. Like, he wasn't even on the chopping block to really <laughs> be thrown in. It was just so happen, like, all right, we need another one. Let's throw in another Are You The One. So, yeah, I would be fine with him getting another shot in, like, any type of format.
0: Do you think he will get another shot, though?
2: I mean, who the hell knows, like, what they're – like, they seem to only pick, like, a couple people. Like, they pick new Are You The One people. Like, they're not even really repeating – well, then, yeah, like only Simone has gotten a second call back and she's like barely well, even Dario's featured. back. Yeah, I guess. All right, so it's time to be No, no, she was real World. but she was like okay. an extra on real world oh, Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would love for Devin to come back.
0: Um. Yeah, and I'm shocked. So, like, Alex Panda Moran and Brett uh, Farenkopf were also fellow De- Devin sympathizers after this. Um. Yeah, I don't even know why I feel this way. Like, I never thought... I mean, Devin got two seconds of airtime, and yet we got two... Two questions comparing him to Wes and Bananas. So I'm curious to hear where you guys stand. Kasten Swedenberg says, could Devin turn out to be a future Bananas? Both eliminated first on their first challenge, kind of douchey, and both seem to be pretty have pretty decent strategy. So hold that thought. And Joe Braga says, based on the edit, especially seeing Devin and Wes together in two separate instances, don't you believe MTB producers are really building up Devin to be the new Wes?
2: I mean, let's get him on seen, a second season before he's Bananas or less.
1: <laughs> yes. but. I, I haven't seen enough of, by the time I started tuning in, Johnny Bananas was already part of the establishment. So like I will once again defer because I did not watch like the growth of Johnny Bananas. I just saw his first time out where he was just this scrappy young lad named John. Uh, and who inexplicably, like his only ally on the season, lost the competition and picked him to face off against or something like that. Uh, it was it was completely insanity, the way Johnny Bananas went out first, his first season. Uh, so I don't know, point being, enough much about like the evolution of Bananas, uh, but at least based on my early impression of Devin, I do not think his ceiling is nearly that high.
0: Um, And then Cheyenne, do we think we'll see Cheyenne again? I don't think so. I'll say
2: this about so Cheyenne. I really want to push a battle of the X's with her, her and
1: Corey. Yeah, sorry. I'll say this about Cheyenne. Probably my favorite Twitter handle on the cast. I love the at shy not shy. I thought that was good.
0: So we also love Cheyenne's Twitter handle, and we love Cheyenne in general. Um, She's a friend of the a, podcast, right? I don't think officially.
2: Uh, did we, we didn't interview her? No. no. Oh, never mind. Um,
0: and I didn't know everyone we interviewed was our friend, Ryan uh, Complex. Uh, well, you're no. a customer <laughs> of hers, so. I have purchased an item from The Rue. Anyway, I think she didn't have a great showing. I mean, I think if she had lasted longer, there would have been great potential for her socially. But, I mean, she said herself, like, I'm just worried that I'm going to suck. She kind of sucked in the elimination. I don't really see the challenge as being her strength, but I liked her as I liked her on Artie the One on TV. So
1: out of the legit rookie rookies, this is their first season on a challenge. Who do you think does have the potential to be the be- like the long-term staying power potential?
0: Lee. Devin uh cuz there're not that many real like first rookies. Ashley potentially, depending yeah. on what continues to happen. I'll say Ashley. Um yeah, as far as Nate, I mean, the real options are Nate, Brandon, Brianna, Cheyenne, Devin, Ashley.
1: I was I was expecting at least Brianna to get mentioned because it seems like she could, if what I'm understanding about her basically at this point is correct, could fit nicely into like the nicer girl ro- mo- like role on a lot of challenge seasons. That seems a little harder to fill than most.
0: And she'll cut a bitch, too. Like I love Brianna. I think she's, like, appropriately tough and also, like, very well-liked. I just don't know, especially when they recruit people based on the themes. Like, I don't know what other theme she has. She definitely has a serious ex from Are You the One? I don't know that he's going to be looking to come back. Um, We'll see. I mean, it's almost like I feel like it's a combination of people they want back, a combination of demographics they need to fill, and a combination of what's the theme.
1: I'll accept that answer. Agree.
0: <laughs> Final answer. Um, Colin, this is a question just for you. Oh, wow. Nick Sabetta says, what challenge player would you most want to see on the Genius? Which Genius contestant would you most like to see on the challenge?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, the, the Genius contestants, I don't know how well they're going to be doing on the challenge, which seems to be a primary, primarily physical game. Uh, and I don't even know if anyone listening to this podcast would know if I gave an answer to that question other than that guy. Uh, but for that guy, I'm going to say Hui Jung. I feel like Hui Jung is the only one who would have a shot on the challenge. Uh, and then as for who would do or who would at least be entertaining on the genius from this show – I'd like I, As much as I feel like it's the cop-out answer, I really feel like Johnny Bananas would just be at home in the genius arena. I feel like he would be great at the wheeling and dealing and the mixing things up as need be and uh, kind of like wrangling people and forming new groups. Uh, and I also think, honestly, West would be great. And I think it's not a coincidence that those are my answers for that question, and that's why they've done 25 challenges combined or whatever.
0: I don't know anything about the genius, but Shame on you. actually, actually, I wa- I listened to the podcast on why you should watch the genius. And I thought that was very entertaining. Um, but. Uh, have you seen bananas with a puzzle?
1: That's true, but they don't do physical puzzles for the most part on the genius. It's not like they're sitting there doing tangram puzzles. <laughs> they're, you know, manipulating other people to get them to bid the right dollar values on things that they want or whatever.
0: All right, so Brian, uh, Rand- no, i kidding. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's hey, we respond to the audience. Uh, Randy Nupple says, which reality TV Brazilian dragon, Camilla or Abby Maria, would do better on the Other Person show? Brian, I asked you directly. Are you still there?
2: <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're asking <laughs> under- <laughs> <laughs> I zoned out when I heard what do you think of the genius?
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, uh, I really apologize.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh Evan Maria would be fantastic. I wanted her to be on the challenge. She's the one of the top survivors I want on the show. So she would not do that well, but she'd be like amazing on the show. Camilla would be awful on Survivor. She would quit probably like on day two.
0: What do you think, Colin? I think
1: I, I would actually go the opposite direction. I think they would both be fantastically entertaining on the opposite shows. I feel like Abby Maria would have virtually no shot of success on Rivals, whereas I feel like Camilla at least could potentially, if she could rein it in psychologically, make it through a few rounds on Survivor. Whereas I feel like Abby is just dead as soon as she's she's not fresh meat. She's dead meat. Get Ooh. it? I'm, I'm an MTV, I'm an MTV vet now. Boom. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. And then I don't have anything else on this episode, if you guys don't. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? I had
1: one random thought that just stood out to me both times Both times that I watched, or, you know, both episodes so far. It's not a hot take at all. It's about the most mundane (laughs) thing possible. Imagine what you think it is, and it's even more boring than that. Uh, I was curious. It seems like, I feel like every season I've seen, we get the... Opening credits with a shot of all the teams Like flexing and lifting each other up Or whatever and all their names pop up And I was excited for that so I could finally meet these Are the one kids and get put a face to the name This season we just have like skulls And weird flashing lights and stuff What's up with that?
2: Ain't nobody got time for a real theme song
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody got money for a real theme song (laughs) I guess not I mean I guess
1: it's Maybe it's a time constraint issue When they have 26, 28 people to get through They don't want to do that, I don't know
0: um, as one I thing, said,
1: extremely boring and unimportant.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say boring and I wouldn't say unimportant, but you teed me up for an amazing segue about time constraints. Um, we want to get to something really exciting we have going on this episode. So just really quickly, Alex Pandamaran says for our draft, are you using the same rule where replacements coming in? will just replace Leroy and Avery on Ali's team, similar to Abram and Mike last season. Brian, I'm asking for an official response.
2: Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Should we confirm with our uh, official scorers? But we can do that.
0: No, I'm willing to just say that's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think we discussed that, didn't we? I think no, we said that's fine. we just fine. discussed
0: it last week. Um, one thing about our one of our official scorers, Megan Flannery, uh, feels like we don't have enough points, and I... But after going back and forth, I'm willing to propose that we award plus five points to each person who escapes the jungle by pulling the skull. So that would be five for Brandon and five for Brianna in this week. And Let's that's it. it. All right. It. So we are tied again. Twenty twenty. <laughs> that's that's it on the draft update. On to the excitement.
2: It. Yeah. So on top of our draft, because we have Colin here, we want to do something fun. So we want to do a separate Pseudo draft. So we are doing a league over at PickPete.com, and they are doing a challenge league where they have a, a lot more scoring. So it's not just like our four categories. So we each pick three teams, locked in for the season, and we'll see who is the. Uh, we need a new term besides knowing it's know-it-all because I think that's copyrighted. So it's the challengeiest, challengest, the least we'll challenged,
0: the podcaster who doesn't suck.
2: Fair. All right. So the, we'll find out at the podcast who doesn't suck over at pickpeat.com. dot com. So we each pick. We could each have the same teams. Doesn't matter who. So we can just lay out our teams. Uh, it's kind of similar to the scoring that we had in our in our fire dumpster of a draft last season. Where Wasn't we, it a
0: fire dumpster of a draft just because you lost Brian <laughs> and I his mean, own rules. It's his draft.
2: I, I I don't like to look at the past, I look toward the future. And so, he brought it up. So there's a lot more scoring with fighting and hooking up and all that stuff. So uh you can play when along I, with us. Go ahead. And see, see if you could beat the uh podcast so that doesn't suck.
0: One of the things I like about this in particular is that it's like we don't have to go through all the teams. So there's no like dead weight where we get to the last five people. We don't even remember Christina's on the season, um, like Brian and I did. So uh I'm jazzed for this.
2: Yeah, just don't pick Devin and Cheyenne. There's my uh, big uh, pre-draft uh, preview for all of you people. Well, there goes right, well, my I'll game pick plan. Leroy,
0: I'll pick Leroy and Avery right off the top. <laughs> 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 all right, who gets first? Oh, all right, we'll let like, Colin, because he's the guest. He'll go for, oh, wait, I guess you're right. We don't, you're not competing against each other. We can all have the same team. So let's uh, right. take a minute to lock in our picks. Colin, did you sing us something while we? uh... Well,
1: I'll talk through just a little. It's it's kind of like (laughs) DraftKings style, right? For people familiar with that, we're like we can overlap our picks, but we wouldn't want to like entirely overlap because then we're just playing to tie. Um, But no, it is really interesting. I'm looking through the scoring right now. And it does look like there are a lot of points for like winning challenges and then winning the ultimate challenge at the end. But it looks like the smaller points that are probably going to be the difference makers are for things like nudity or being drunk or hugging TJ or skinny dipping, stuff like that. So it really does. It, it, I like the scoring in that it almost makes you balance like the teams that are probably going to be there for a while, but be boring like the bananas and Sarah kind of stuff uh, with the teams like the higher upside, like the Jess and Johnny Riley stuff.
2: Exactly, it's a good balance So it's not one team that's going to be the the heavy favorite Right, yeah, definitely
0: Uh, I'm ready to make my picks if
1: you guys are ready to hear them Please Okay, so I feel like as, as a, as a big-time fantasy football player and as someone who does a lot of reality TV drafts on my own podcast, uh, there's no worse feeling than just having a bad draft right away and knowing it. Uh, so I'm going to pick <laughs> some teams that I think are going to be in there for a while so I can at least get a nice sweat out of this whole situation. And for me, that means I'm definitely taking Bananas and Sarah as one of my number one teams, as one of my three teams, um, because I feel like they, they've got to be the front runners to be in there in the final at this point. Is that a fair statement to make?
0: good
2: good
1: answer good answer
0: I feel like they have to come out with like a jersey with like stone on the back of it now
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh with my second pick similar reasoning and also because I think they're going to get more tv time uh Wes and Nani give me them as well and I'm sorry if I'm jumping on all your guys's picks but I, I guess that's part of my strategy as well and then I think for my third team uh this is a bit of an oddball pick given that I'm not even sure how much screen time they're gonna get but I feel like uh, when they are on screen, they're going to be racking up points for me uh, Either by hooking up or being racist or both And I think they're also going to be there for a while Give me Jamie and Kellyanne
0: Solid picks
1: Alright, so I, I don't know which of you two is going next But those are my that's my team
0: I'll let Brian go next Thank
2: you, thank you
1: well,
0: And I'm already locked in for all of you haters I, I'm <laughs>
2: locked in too, don't worry uh, My first pick, this will come as no surprise But I am the the, the head of the uh, The fanatic <laughs> crew so uh, I'll take bananas and sour with one of my picks. Obviously, I feel like if I didn't do into that, I'd be I wouldn't be myself. So I have to go there. And then the pick for me that I think it's because it'd be so much fun to own him and cheer him on all season long as he tries to have his third kid. I'm gonna go with T- Tony and Camilla. Nice. I think Tony's gonna be a wild card to watch all season long. So you gotta go with Tony. And maybe we'll get a Camillinator 3.0. She's been kind of quiet the last couple of years, but I think she she might be due for a blow up. And then the last one for me. I also went with a little bit of wild card, but we saw her kind of go nuts in the premiere. She was dormant this time around, but looks like she's back for next episode. I'm gonna go with Ashley and Corey for my third choice.
0: Yeah, so I'm not gonna pick Bananas and Sarah, not because I don't think that they're completely solid, a solid pick. I just, in the interest of excitement, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm n- I'm just not gonna take take the low-hanging fruit. We would each Instead, have two teams take,
1: if you took them. So
2: Was that was that a pun, or were you just like...
0: <laughs> I'm going to take the slightly higher-hanging fruit and take Nani and Wes, as you said, because I'm looking at it, you do get points for winning challenges. Um, one thing I will admit is that there's a Womp Womp section here that I love, and I was reading it and was like, yes, yes, I want these people, and then I realized you lose points for crying, vomiting, <laughs> verbally abusing another contestant. So all of these people were picked with those being... Point gaining items in mind So please don't make that mistake When you go to pick Pete I did that too And join us Uh, Yeah, our bad Tony's Um, a
2: cheerful person though He doesn't talk down to people He's a lover He's not a fighter Other than his brother
0: You're on my time now, Brian So (laughs) my next pick is uh, Jenna and Vince I'm shocked that nobody else picked them I think they made a strong showing In the challenge I also think Um well, Jenna has a boyfriend, so I might get minus points for them them talking then. But I just felt like they were a solid pick. A link to Bananas to potentially getting to the end, but not picking Bananas. I also think there's some killing it stuff that's totally bizarre. I think uh, I could see Vince doing that. Um, yeah, so there. these are some fun categories. Um, and then... Ashley and Corey, I also went with, I'm upset Brian picked my, what I thought was a sleeper pick. I always bet on Corey. He's good for a hookup. We see Ashley's good for a hookup and some drama. He's also good in a challenge. So I thought that that was kind of the best of both worlds pick there.
1: I love it. I'm over here. I'm on pickpete.com right now. I'm looking at the scoring. I'm excited to input my lineup. This is great.
0: Um. Yeah, so come hang out with us here. We will give updates on this as well. Um, totally free to sign up And, uh, yeah, I'm excited I'm excited to hopefully take down Colin. Colin and I have a a Tortured history with drafts oh In God. the past I've
2: <laughs> carried it with enlightened. Oh
0: uh, um, I'll be the Uh, what is it called, like, when you Craft the narrative, like, if you're the person Who tells the story, you're the always Jonathan Penner? No, 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 I just yeah. mean, like, it's it's better To set be the person setting up the story, so <laughs> Um Colin and I were involved in a fantasy football um, draft. Uh, we, I decided to completely collude and hose him. There was nowhere in the rules that said that wasn't allowed. Except um, right was, in the
1: rules, it says it's not allowed. Colin,
0: Colin was a bit of a about it, and yet I was still able to get corral most of the people to collude with me, and I wiped the floor with Colin and then retired um, promptly after that.
1: All right, that that's a lot of that is up for debate.
0: It's my show. You're a guest. I I
1: will respect that you are the veteran and I'm the rookie and I'm I'm still earning my stripes and I won't put up a fight. I'll go into the pit like it's my
0: job. Um, one question and then some drama and then I will let you go, Colin, because I'm trapped you here long enough. Brian, you just have to put up with it. Um,
2: I zoned uh, out a long time ago. Don't worry.
0: That's rude to say because people listen to the podcast. So, um, We have a question about Are You The One Season 4. It was announced that Are You The One Season 4 will premiere June 13th. I remember it because it's the day after the Tonys, which is like Christmas. Um, Sure is. And... a lot of concern, shocking concern, happy to see concern from people about whether or not we would be covering it. Um, we got a question from Andrew Styles with the excessive Are You The One for trailers. I think the question on everyone's mind is what will happen with the podcast? Please tell me you'll still cover Are You The One? And then there's some speculative question, but we'll get to that when we get to that.
2: Should we leave it as a cliffhanger or should we say it definitively?
0: No, I mean, I've already answered Kristen Kennar on Twitter because uh, if people want to know, wh- um, why. what do we have to gain by leaving a cliffhanger on whether uh, or not we'll have a show?
2: That's what all reality shows do, but they don't have nothing to gain. I figure we should do the same.
0: Yeah, but they have a dedicated audience and, you know, a budget and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we'll be, do- back. we'll be doing it. We may or may not have to introduce some substitutes. Colin, you may want to start watching Are You The One so you help us out. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're we're excited to cover it. With that, there was some drama being stirred up on Twitter with some Are You The One people. I don't know if either of you gentlemen saw this. I'm usually the scrub who has to look at Twitter, so I'm sure neither of you saw this. Um, (laughs) I'll win
2: a little bit, I think, if I know what you're going with.
0: All right, so Brittany and Chuck, who were on last season who are still together, who are not perfect matches but are perfect for each other um, got into it with basically everyone they could possibly get into it with, strangers, people on the show One of my favorite things is that Chuck tweeted at Nathan and at Brittany, at Are You The One, and at The Challenge hashtag Nuff said, a picture of him skydiving (laughs) Um, I don't know who that guy
1: is, but I love it
0: yeah, I mean, basically, they were picking fights purely with the intention of getting attention, which I respect. Like, look, you're off the show. You want to get back on the show. Go ahead and stir up Twitter drama. got Frank and Bananas on as rivals. Um, but yeah, it was just... You can go check it out. It was mainly between Vince, Chuck, Brittany, and Jenna. They were really um, heckling them. Uh, Chuck said, you know, we'd have you guys crying. Like, Nate, if we were there, watch out. I can back it up. And, you know... Jenna was taking the high road of like, some people don't deserve responses. And Brittany was just like, girl, like you, I hope I'm on the challenge with you. Like, I'll kill you. I mean, she didn't say that. That's paraphrasing. Um, There was also some drama between um, one thing I thought was amazing. Cara Maria said no stranger to Twitter drama said also Mr. Fail telling other people to earn their stripes got me like crying emoji. Vin- cry laugh emoji Hashtag Vince fail Hashtag shut up Anissa Hashtag girl bye And Vince replied Oh Cara you're so adorable Thought you'd be too busy Cuddling with your cuz To comment about me Hashtag <laughs> Thank Abe for the money um, Boom roasted uh, And then finally There was some Speaking of Cara Drama between um, It's her
2: birthday by the way too Shout out to car Do you yeah, just know that her, Or did you like see that somewhere <laughs> I choose not to answer.
0: (laughs) Colin, you're welcome back anytime. (laughs) Um, So, Coral, OG Coral, got into it with Kara. Um, Coral, for anyone who saw, did a podcast with um, Ace, who's a renowned uh, challenge recapper. And someone posted a clip about Coral throwing shade, um, about Naya and Jess, and Kara... Uh, in quotes, Carrie Marie has a lot of nerves. So I guess Coral was mispronouncing her name. Cara tweeted back, you are old news, Coral, spelled K-O-H-R-E-L, which maybe she's a Survivor Karang fan. Uh, Go feed your baby. Coral responded, oh. <laughs> <laughs> your, whole, your whole ugly bullshit was plastered all over TV and you expect me not to comment? Do dirt in the dark, dummy. Which please remind us to quadruple D someone do dirt in the dark dummy (laughs) when they come for us on the podcast. Um, then to the point where Coral was responding to strangers. Uh, so Brittany and Chuck were also responding to strangers. Uh, Coral said, love her, but tell her I refuse to stay quiet. If she decides to act a damn fool on national TV, Kari said, no, seriously, I'm, I'm flattered. You're talking about me. I actually get a kick out of it. Life short, lighten up a little, you hard ass, which, it's so completely fake. <laughs> um, so Coral says you should be flattered and you should continue to back the F up. Car says, go home, Coral, you're drunk. Coral says, I am I'm at home. Where the hell are you? Oh, alone in a backwoods apartment in the town where your man left you. Poop emoji. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. It it goes on. But um yeah, stay tuned to Twitter because uh, people are heating up.
1: I mean, I, between The Challenge, Are You The One, Big Brother, Real World, whatever else, I still feel like there are so many people out there that can produce content that high quality. Why are there not more shows about these people just getting drunk in houses and fighting with each other?
0: Don't ask for more shows. We don't have any more time to cover them. All right. <laughs> Please God, no. <laughs> um, that's all I have. Colin, it's been a genuine pleasure. And has I've never said that to anyone about anything. Yeah,
2: she's never said that to me, ever.
1: <laughs> it's never been. It's good to hear. It has been such a treat uh, talking to you guys. I have seriously been waiting literally years to talk about the challenge. I would be happy to do it any other time you want me back. We'll probably take you up on that. All right, no pressure. Don't don't sweat it if not. It's fine. <laughs> but thank you again. It was, it was a really great time.
0: Where can people uh, find you and continue to engage with you in an internet way? Sure. Uh,
1: I am on Twitter (laughs) at Colin Stone. You can find my podcast if you're like a Survivor watcher or a Big Brother fan. We'll probably be talking a bit about that this summer. Uh, You can find that. It's just called the Dom and Colin podcast. You can go to domandcolin.com or just Google it. It's probably faster. Uh, If you're interested in Survivor, we have a lot of interviews on there that would probably piqued that interest uh, with some former players. For instance, uh, the Grand Poobah, Rob Sesternino. We talked to him for a couple hours. Uh, Steven, we've interviewed about both of his seasons. Sophie Clark, John Cochran. List goes on. If you're into Survivor, definitely give us uh, give us a look. Uh, and that's it from me, I guess.
0: There's um, a Max Dawson interview also where i mentioned by name, and uh, that's very good. Back when you were in undergrad. <laughs> undergrad status. Anyway, Sorry. <laughs>
1: No, that's it. I had a great time. I have, I have nothing more to say. You guys were you guys were fantastic to talk to.
0: Take us home, Brian.
2: You can follow me at Bus Drivers Route out, and they can follow you.
0: At Seastone Online. No, at Lash Tweets.
2: And you can subscribe at website.com slash Challenge iTunes. And that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one.